Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, and welcome to the program. The phones are open here if you want to join our discussion. You can. The number is 603-283-6160. We'll be talking about uh, the latest from the latest corruption from Ukraine. Uh, plus, speaking of corruption, the Bitcoin Beach, as it has been called. The, Which one was this? The town in uh, El Salvador. El Salvador's experiment with cryptocurrency, with Bitcoin being a legal tender, has come back into the news. And if we get the chance, uh, we can talk about that because now apparently Honduras is talking about doing a legal tender for Bitcoin there. There's There's been a handful of countries that ever since El Salvador has uh, had done what they did, which was September of last year, made Bitcoin legal tender, uh, that have been looking to follow suit. So there's been some I mean, plus anyone who's watching what's happening internationally is probably a bit concerned about holding U.S. dollar reserves. I would be. Indeed. If so, I had any reserves. Uh, with you tonight, it's Ian. Aria? Nobody. Uh, so, yeah, the phones are open here, and there was some good news. By the way, nobody in your case today, I don't know if you saw it yet, but uh, the Mark has been approved for communication with you. So you can now speak with our co-host, Mark Edge. So Groovy. Does that mean they finally flipped him? <laughs> <laughs> so does this mean prior to this that if Mark had called on a night when, it, unlike a Monday night, Rich would have had to have left i yeah i guess we're just not talked <sighs> if mark had called in which if he if he had called in i would have told mark that he should call back another night fair but he mm. didn't so we didn't have to deal with that uh all right so first news here from reuters the ukrainian president Volodymyr Zelensky has now signed a decree because remember the whole like mainstream media pitch for ukraine and the leftists and those people supporting ukraine is all about oh ukraine is freedom fight there it's all about freedom they're standing up for freedom because it's always mm. there's always some side in an international conflict even though they're both a bunch of tyrants that gets labeled as the freedom fighters it's about being nazi sympathizers and nothing else mm. Now the news is he signed a decree that combines all national television channels into one platform citing the importance of a, quote, unified information policy, unquote, under martial law, his office uh, said in a statement on Sunday. Wow, the Ukrainian Ministry of Truth. Yes, so they've literally nationalized all of their television channels, and they are now forcing them to broadcast the same, what I presume to be, government propaganda channel. And, you know, mm-hmm. Americans don't even see an issue with this. One of the pieces I have is seven th- is sort of related to this as seven things I used to believe until Putin and Trump proved me wrong. And one of those things is that they believed until Putin and Trump that a nation could no longer control what its citizenry was allowed to know and what it was allowed to read and could not read. And despite, you know, the huge the gilded curtain that the West is putting up between us and Moscow where mm-hmm. you, they're blocking uh, Russia today and all this other stuff. And now Ukraine doing this where all, we have our own ministry of truth and propaganda. They don't see the issue with any of it because it's it's the good guys doing it. They're just doing it to, quote, combat misinformation. So it's only when Trump does it that it's a problem. 
Although Trump didn't do anything of the kind that I can recall. No, they're complaining. More the victim of propaganda than the perpetrator of well, it. Right. And we're, I want to get into your list uh, coming up because this isn't a, a detailed story. It's just like a quick two paragraph uh, blurb that this happened. Uh, it, it's being reported by the mainstream media. Again, Reuters reporting this, but there's almost no details. I mean, there's it's a two sentence long story. Well, Reuters, I like them in the fact that they actually will report things that actually happen in the news. But Fox isn't going to pick this up and run with MSNBC. They're not going to pick this up and dive deeper to find out, oh, well, what yeah. exactly is Ukraine telling us people? But Reuters is like, hey, this is actually a thing that happened, and that's all we're going to say about it. Yeah, and it says the only other thing it says here is that the privately owned media channels in Ukraine have hitherto continued to operate since the start of the Russian invasion. The decree announcement made on the presidential website did not specify how quickly the new measure would come into force. Well, it probably is going to take them some amount of time to figure out the technicals of we need to take this feed from our propaganda ministry and put it on your channel. So, you know, it could be another week or who knows what. As soon as they can get it done, I presume. Well, it's okay. Thanks to Starlink, it turns out the people in Ukraine still have access to Russia today. So they can still yes. find out what's actually going on in the world that their government doesn't want them to know about. Yeah, kudos hmm. to, uh, to Elon Musk for that move. It'll be interesting to see what he has to say about this particular move. So that's, that's the story. I just thought it was worth pointing out because uh, these people, you know, obviously are not about freedom. They're not about the freedom of information, which is one of the most basic freedoms on the planet. I mean, we've had so much ability to access information. We're spoiled by it. And now they're completely wiping that out for the people of Ukraine, at least as far as uh, television viewers are concerned. Imagine flipping through your channels if you still have cable. or so. I know cable's dying off or whatever, but if you still have cable, and you know, kids today might not even know what that is, but uh, imagine flipping through and getting all the same government propaganda channel. That's all. This is like North Korea. Isn't that pretty much what we get, though, when we flip through CNN and MSNBC? And I mean, yeah, they may phrase some of the stuff. But yeah, they, you're they're right. all saying the same thing. The U.S. hides it so much better. Yeah, no, your your point is well taken. Uh, certainly the quote-unquote private media in the United States is nothing but government mouthpieces. There's no doubt mm-hmm. about that. But as Arya points out, they do hide it. They, they put on talking heads that make it sound like they have differing opinions on things, even though they both ultimately support the state. And uh, so they've got a lot of people fooled. And sometimes that you end up with someone like Joe Rogan or Alex Jones or someone who, you know, may not be on mainstream media, but they do have a powerful presence in the media. Every now and then they will let somebody on like that. I know Fox Business uh, does have Kennedy uh, who hosts a show there, and she is a libertarian. Uh, she used to be an MTV DJ or VJ way back in like the one 1980s. of the very first. Yeah, yeah. And now she's wow. a now she's like a Fox News libertarian talking. She was a head. Fox then too. Yeah, they used to have John <laughs> Stossel as well. John, they they did have John Stossel. He's now doing internet only, I think, content. So he's still making mm. new content, but only on. Uh, I don't know if he's on Odyssey yet, but he's definitely on on YouTube. Um, but yeah, you'll see an occasional, you know, uh, Napolitano, Judge Napolitano, who's pretty much an anarchist on uh, Fox. I think he still occasionally guests on there. Not that I watch these channels or anything like that, but mm-hmm. every now and then the, the message of, of freedom can seep in if they talk to the right person. But now we're talking about just total Ukrainian propaganda straight from uh, the government on every single channel. And, and that's not all. 
in other news, Zelensky has now suspended all other political parties. Oh, this sounds so familiar. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's all of them, but it's 11 of them. So, you know, maybe that's the supermajority of them. I don't know how many political parties they have in Ukraine. Who else was it who seized power and then got rid of all of the competing political parties? I don't know. I mean, there, there were a, Putin? there were a few different people who did that. Putin was definitely yeah. one of them, I think. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, happened I know in the China. Communist Party is still outlawed in uh, Russia. The Communist Party is outlawed in Russia? So I'm told. I didn't know that. That's interesting. You have to tell Sarah that when she calls in tonight. Blow her mind. Uh, she won't believe him. No, of course not. She's like, You're making that up. Or she'll just ignore it. So Zelensky has now ordered to suspend the activities of 11 political parties. This is according to IndiaTimes.com. 11 political parties with alleged links to Russia. The largest of them is the Opposition Platform for Life, which has 44 out of 450 seats in the country's parliament. So a good 10% of uh, parliament. The party is led by Viktor Medvedchuk, who has friendly ties with Russian President Vladimir Putin. Also on the list is the Nashi Party, uh, and they go on, you know, which ones are on this list. But I mean, there yeah, there uh, just aren't any heroes in this garbage. Yeah. I mean, that's usually the case for no. war, but that's mm. outright villainy. Yep, I'm I mean, this abolishing is... the party of ten percent of the parliament. This is like Venezuela level kind of uh, tactics, right? Crack yeah. down on the opposition. Make it so only your party can run in the elections. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160. Coming up, seven things that someone on the left has uh, formally believed until they say Putin and Trump proved them wrong. And Arya, you have that story. We're going to get into it. And you can share your thoughts with us here on Free Talk Live. Talk Live, and you're invited if you want to join the show here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And in the studio here tonight, you've got Ian. Are you? And nobody. On the phones are open. Of course, you can also join us online anytime you want. Head over to freetalklive.com, and you can join our social media platform. It's social freetalklive.com it is an open source self-hosted federated system known as mastodon and it's been working pretty great it, it works a lot like twitter just without the evil mega corporation behind it so head over to social.freetalklive.com you can get signed up there as we go to your phone calls and thoughts uh Mehdi is on the line in canada you're on free talk live Mehdi. hi hello everyone hey Mehdi. um i Hey, so I, I came across something that the uh, Board of Governors of the Federal Reserve System came out with. It's uh, a paper that's come out January 2022. Uh, it says research and analysis, and it's called Money and Payments, the U.S. Dollar in the Age of Digital Transformation. Hmm. And it's a public thing that one can just Google that title, I guess, and see it and find it. Uh, they are also actually, interestingly, on their website, it's on the Federal Reserve website, they're asking for feedback and opinions on on this. Um, the different topics that they talk about, so they're basically talking about a central bank digital currency. And oh, okay, they, okay, yeah. You know, yeah, and they have different things on it, the uses and functions of it, the potential benefits of it, and the potential risks for it. Uh I want to know if I can just re- read out the executive summary for the listeners. It's like seven sentences. Yeah, go for it. 
but it c- kind of gives a so the executive summary it says here for a nation's economy some of it is actually funny for a nation's economy to function effectively its citizens must have confidence in its money and payment services the federal reserve as the nation's central bank works to maintain the public's confidence by fostering monetary stability financial stability and a safe and efficient payment system <laughs> well they've failed How's that? Yeah. If, that if that was their real goal, which of course we all know it's not. I mean, They're, they have maintained a stable yeah. downward trajectory for whatever that's worth. Not in the last two years. It's been, well, I mean, it's still steadily yeah. going downward. I mean, it's a safe It's bet, more steadily right? going down now sure. than uh, previously. Hmm. Yeah, it's a, predict- it's a predictable downward trend, I guess. Um, but it says here, this paper is the first step in a public discussion public discussion between the Federal Reserve and stakeholders about central bank digital currency, CBDCs. For the purpose of this paper, the CBDC is defined as a digital liability of a central bank that is widely accepted to the general public. In this respect, it is analogous to a digital form of paper money. That paper mm-hmm. has been designed to foster a broad and transparent public dialogue about CBDCs in general and about the potential benefits and risks of a U.S. CBDC. But it also explicitly states here, the paper is not intended to advance any specific policy outcome, nor is it intended to signal that the Federal Reserve will make any imminent decisions about the appropriateness of issuing a U.S. CBDC. So I just thought it was interesting. I thought maybe uh, your listeners would also like to know about it. That uh, you know, because they do ask for feedback, and I mean, those listeners that are you know know about their, the cryptocurrency really well uh, will probably be able to critique it better because some of the things that they say are pretty funny too like in in the actual thing it, it seems like they they want to make it into a central like they're going to keep tabs on it they said that they have ways that they can also make the cbdc uh have recurrent payments or something like that like write it right in the cbdc i don't know sure. how they would do that but maybe if someone is on some kind of welfare program or yep. something that is just automatically gets to the other uh, account yeah, that's definitely something they're going to use this for if they go forward with it. And it almost seems like, you know, how could they not decide to do this? It's only the banks that could possibly stop them. Uh, yeah, but from the banks doing don't this. want them to do it. That's what I'm saying. The banks don't want it. So that's the only reason why this could possibly be stopped is if they are right. If they're so allied with the banks that they're willing to give up the future of being able to totally control everyone's digital wallets with this, you know, digital dollar. In, See, I think they will because the banks are going to go into this holding on to the delusion that somehow they're going to defeat cryptocurrency. They don't have a plan. They don't have a, a strategy. They're just, they just have nothing but that hope that they can cling to. Wait, wait, wait. So you're saying that the banks are going to, uh, that they're not going to come out with a CBD? Are you predicting they're not going to come out Correct. with a CBDC because of the banks? Yes, what do you think, nobody? Um, I think they probably will. They'll find a way to uh, to let the banks loot us through it, and then the banks won't mind. Yeah, certainly. So long as they can rob us, they don't care what what happens. With the CBDC, though, uh, the need for the banks becomes non-existent, right? Because then you just have an account with the Federal Reserve Bank instead of with Wells Fargo or Bank of America or whoever. Yeah, but I bet you, I think nobody's right on this. I think that they're going to come out with some sort of two-tiered system where, you know, the Federal Reserve isn't going to do loans, right? They're just going to handle... Why not? They already do loans. Not to individuals. 
I don't see any reason why they couldn't, though. Well, they're not set up for that, right? Like, they don't have a bunch of satellite offices. Yes, there are multiple Federal Reserve banks or whatever around the country, but those are, you know, the Federal Reserve works primarily with with banks. And right. so when, you know, Joe and Sam want to go down to uh, get a car loan, they're not going to the Federal Reserve Bank. And the, I don't think they're going to be able to build out that bureaucracy in, a, in as quick of a manner as they would have to to be able to satisfy the demand for people who want to get loans. So I think what they'll probably do is they'll just let the banks give out CBDC loans. Don't you think? I would imagine, yeah. Mehdi, is this something they're talking about in Canada as well? I know you, uh, you're you calling up from uh, from up north there. Are they talking about a Canadian CBDC? Uh, not that I'm aware of. No, I'm not sure. Okay. I mean, I'm not that I'm aware of about a Canadian CBDC. This I just came across, I think, like on a Facebook thing or something, and I thought it was interesting that the, that the Federal Reserve actually has a paper out in, in January 2022. And what you're saying about the... Uh, one of the downsides, actually, that they, they were saying in here is actually bank runs. So they're saying that uh, the uh, uh, what they could, what they fear, or not what they fear, but one of the potential downsides is that uh, people will go more towards the CBDC instead of the bank, whatever they have in their computer, and then so uh, they'll basically be bank runs. That, that, that's one of the potential uh, drawbacks of a CBDC, according to this paper. Is How that, would a bank run work uh, with they, this with the CBDC? I'm not clear on, on that. Presumably, so, the CBDC yeah, so, would not be available through a bank. Well, it's digital, right? So the bank couldn't run out in the first place. Right. Yeah, so uh, what they say as far as that is concerned, I think maybe the banks can have it, but they, they have here as far as the potential uh, risks. Oh, where did it go? Uh, I... I I gotta find it in here. Then it, it, it was in here. I just saw it. The, okay. Uh, well, we'll, we'll see if we can dig up more information it. about it. But I will tell you this, Medi. Uh, just a quick search here shows that uh, Canada's Bank of Canada, which I presume is your uh, equivalent of the Federal Reserve, is yeah. talking with Massachusetts Institute of Technology about researching CBDCs for Canada. So you got uh, they're working on it up there too. Uh, sir, thanks oh, for the heads up go. on this, man. I definitely appreciate hearing from you. If you want to weigh in on the idea of a central bank digital currency. There's a lot of talk going on around about this. They're taking it very seriously. Uh, It's not official yet, but we will see. There's more coming up here. It's Free Talk Live. Do you feel like your country no longer holds your values? Have you dreamt of a place where liberty-minded people can come together and leave government overreach behind? There are many people just like you that are discovering FreePrivateCities.com. They start at FreePrivateCities.com and connect via the social media links shown there. All skills will be needed when the first of the Free Private Cities open. It's sooner than you think. Stop arguing and build FreePrivateCities.com. FreePrivateCities.com. This is Free Talk Live. And the number, if you want to join us here, is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. I do have this document pulled up that Mehdi brought up here. Uh, he actually emailed it over earlier today. It's a 40-page long, which, as far as government reports are concerned, is relatively short. Yeah, that's, you know, a couple of hours of reading. If it's very... You know, lawyer-esque. 
Yeah, and it's not lawyer-esque, actually. It's pretty, uh, at least from what I've been scanning through here, obviously I've not read the, the 40 pages, but I, I did want to find the part that Medi was talking about with, with the Federal Reserve Bank uh, issuing a 40-page document about, quote-unquote, money and payments, the U.S. dollar in the age of digital transformation. And amongst other things, it does address Do they the, did not realize that they're almost 20 years too late? Well, it is the, the government. Digital transfer. That's why I don't think this CBDC thing is going to happen, though. Because Just because they're so slow and crappy yeah, at everything. Yeah, by the time they roll this out, dude, it's going to be 2036 or whatever. You might be right, um, but that said, that doesn't mean they're not going to give it their best shot for whatever that's, that's worth. That's true. And they are, by the way, hiring people who work in the cryptocurrency industry to design this thing. So I don't know if you were Who aware are of that. these sellouts? Uh, there's a list of them somewhere, but people that have worked for like Coinbase and Circle oh. and some of the most sold out of all the cryptocurrency companies are involved in the designing of this stuff. So they're actually taking, according. this is according to uh, Cyprian, who's a former host here, uh, used to be known as Vin Armani, but he posted a lengthy video about it where he actually went over what came out of the Massachusetts Institute of Technology regarding this, their, their research that they had done. And not just research, but they'd put some sort of um, open source software together to, I guess, do some kind of level of technical demonstration of what the capabilities of this thing are and they definitely lifted some concepts from bitcoin when oh, of they course. put this together but of course it's a centralized database that has absolutely nothing to do with being a cryptocurrency but some of the ways the database works or whatever they, they took some ideas i don't remember all the details on it but he actually went through the code he went through and he looked at this thing and and of course it's exactly what you would expect it to be and that is to say that they can delete your money at any time that they want to you thought it was yours no 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 it's their money that they're letting you use and the wallet they put your name on uh they can go in and just click delete or whatever and they can already do that really remove it from from existence well they can't do it with cash not paper cash no um, but they came with digital cash. But they can go to your bank and freeze accounts and then empty those accounts. There's no doubt about that. But this would remove that step. They would no longer have to actually go to the bank or send the bank a letter or See, send the bank perfect. an email. After this, all they need is some sort of social credit system to keep track of the people who make the government angry. And if you lose too many points, then they can just cut off your ability to buy food. That's right. It's, it's so simple. It's perfect. Why did it take so long for them to come up with this? Well, because they're the government, and they didn't come up with... I know, but with- this gives them total control over our lives. Yes. Which is why it's going to go forward. And, and there's an interesting detail here that I was I had been curious about, but they make clear, uh, this is on page 20 of this document, and this is under the list of benefits, uh, potential benefits of a CBDC. Cash, they say, is currently the only central bank money that is available to the general public, and it remains an important and popular means of payment. According to a 2020 survey, U.S. consumers used cash for 19% of total transactions, however, only 6% by value. So that's interesting. I did not know that uh, you know, cash was on that little used. Uh, what year was this? Of, this was 2020. That's not a fair year. Because that was because everyone was staying inside. Yeah, that mean? was a year of COVID where people preferred touchless payments and card payments. I True, mean, a lot of places wouldn't even accept cash for certain amounts of orders. Some still aren't, from what I understand. Yeah. Uh, Chipotle, I believe, is card only at this point. Hmm. Uh, 
the Federal Reserve is committed, they say, to ensuring the continued safety and availability of cash and is considering a CBDC, central bank digital currency, as a means to expand safe payment options, not reduce or replace them. So the USD, the paper currency, isn't a safe payment option. It can be counterfeit. And a lot of it's just steeped in blood and a lot of it's used to buy drugs and, you know, fund terrorism. Not exactly the characteristics I look for in a safe, secure payment. Well, obviously, it's just propaganda uh, what they're they're doing here. But uh, it's interesting, though, this does tip their hand a little bit that, oh, no, 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 we're not going to... We're not looking to get rid of cash. Don't you worry. We think cash is important. Now, I think that's probably a lie. You know, in the long run, companies like Visa and all these electronic payments methods, they want people out of cash. There's been a long-running push to get yeah, people out so of cash. it's so useful. I agree with you. And th- that's why they understand they can't just flip a switch and get rid of cash. People will freak out. They can't do that. Well, the other thing is when the CIA or whoever wants to pay somebody off off the books, they have to use cash. Sure. Or oh, that's true. You know. Or Congress people that are getting payments, you know, from corporations that don't want it to be on the books, right? That has to be done yep. with or, cash. You know, they were printing cow- pallets of cash and sending them off to Iraq yeah. to buy people off. So that's a great point. And these, you know, these are reasons why, unofficial reasons why cash is going to stick around for some time at least. Uh, so it's, but it's interesting to see them acknowledge it here. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, no, we're just, we're just going to, if we bring this CBDC thing out, it'll just be another option for you. And of course we know that the federal government will use that as its exclusive option for doing things like welfare payments as, as many have suggested or tax Mm -hmm. refunds or any kind of payment that you would get from the federal government would have to be done through their CBDC. And of course they'll mandate that all stores accept it and so on. Which is all, I mean, it's not good, but can you use it to, can you swap it out for something that's less controlled? Like, can I swap out that central bank digital currency for actual dollars or that for is something an even excellent better? excellent question. And that, I don't th- I don't know if they answer that in this document. I, I imagine at the beginning, the answer will be yes. But I as time know. goes on, it's going to be more and more, oh, no, you can't do that. I, that's, yeah, I suspect that if it's... If the answer to that is yes in the beginning, then they will start to shut that off. But I think they're going to want people to only go one direction. And we'll get into their the bank run concern here in just a moment. Because Mehdi brought up that in the risks section of the CBDC in this document, that they mentioned a potential for a bank run. And I want to get to that, but first I'll go to uh, Sam, who's in Ohio. Uh, Sam, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to say I think that... Like, I just saw a thing today that they were talking, like, within the year they're going to be releasing it. No way. On one of the silver YouTube channels. A silver YouTube channel? So, like, a like a, a silver gold kind of YouTube channel? Uh-huh. You remember the Reddit Silver Squeeze? They have a YouTube channel called Wall Silver. They were just doing a video today saying that there's a new document that came out. They were just looking at. By 2023, CBDC will be a thing, is what the federal document they were reading was saying. I don't know about that. I mean, they haven't gotten Congress to approve this thing yet. I mean, there's going to have to be a bill put forward, I think. And I don't think they can just unilaterally decide, the Federal Reserve can just decide to do this um, without congressional approval. But I could be wrong about that because I know that I they... Think what they'll, I think what they'll do is they'll sneak it into one of those 2,000-page bills. Hmm. 
Yeah, well, that's certainly a possibility. It wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if this got approved by 2023. Like if it all of a sudden, you know, they got they fast tracked this thing. Somebody says, hey, we need a ability to print out 10 trillion dollars and the CBDC will make that easy to do UBI payments or, you know, whatever, because people are going to be clamoring for more giveaways. Right. I've already seen there was another headline somewhere about now that all this, you know inflation is happening. We need another giveaway. We need more checks uh, to get cut. And the whole check thing is a real big pain in the ass, right? It would be a lot easier if they had these digital wallets. They could just press a button. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then money just goes into uh, digital wallets and they're done. So. Now, the thing that you were talking about, the CIA doing private transactions, couldn't they just do it in gold or Monero? Yeah, but how is the U.S. government going to get gold at Monero? Hmm. Couldn't they buy it no different from the way they buy bonds? He does bring up an interesting question. Uh, cash is convenient for those sorts of things, but that doesn't mean they don't have other options. Thank you, Sam, for the call tonight. There's more coming up here. You can join us at 603-283-6160. It is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, and you can bring up what you want here. The number is 603-283-6160, and that's 603-283-6160. Here tonight, you've got Ian. Aria. And nobody. We are talking about the central bank digital currency, and I, I didn't bring this in as show prep, but Medi called in about it, and it is an interesting topic, and there's a new document that I guess came out earlier this year uh, it's a 40-page document by the Federal Reserve. It's on their website. I've got it pulled up here. And they talk about the potential benefits and risks, so-called, to a central bank digital currency. And there was one that Medi had mentioned he was scrambling to try to find, but he wasn't able to find it while he was on the air with us, where they talk about a bank run as a, as a risk to a central bank digital currency. And I just thought, like, well, how... How is that going to work? And and then you brought up, Aria, the idea of, well, are people going to be allowed to go to their local bank with a CBDC account and pull cash out? Yeah, like at an ATM or whatever. You, yeah. you would expect to be able to do that. I wouldn't expect that, though, with a CBDC, because the whole idea behind the CBDC I mean, is the average want... person would expect to be able oh, to do that. Yeah, no. From their perspective, they want total control. And cash is, of course, not under their control. And so they want to incentivize people to use the CBDC. So they're going to do they're, – they're even talking about a, an interest-bearing CBDC here. And they actually say that one of the reasons – one of the so-called risks is the interest-bearing CBDC could reduce people's interest in continuing a bank account with a local bank because the federal government could just put whatever interest rate they want on it, right? Like to, just printing money into existence – and so they could outdo the interest rates, which are garbage, on, on a bank account very easily. And so that, of course, is going to piss the I mean, banks maybe, off. Maybe temporarily, but what, what is the yield on a bond at this point? Because that's Treasury bonds? the same thing, right? They're garbage. The Treasury bonds are just... Yeah, they may what? start out with like a really good rate. Like, hey, look at this. You, you should hold our CB, central bank digital currency. But after, you know, 20 years or whatever, it's just going to be a garbage rate like any other. Oh, yeah, of course. But it's no skin off their back if they make True. it. You know, if it's one percent, then that probably makes it ten times what the local bank is going to give you. 
Yeah, but that's nowhere near what some of these cryptocurrency investment firms are offering people. Well, no doubt about it, but they're not marketing this towards cryptocurrency users. This is going to be something they want the average person to get into. The average person is going to say, I don't have any need for that CBDC, NFT, garbage nonsense they're talking about. Yeah, they, they'll be needing it if they, if, uh, you know, inflation is continuing, right? So prices yeah. are going to keep going up. And at some point, all the federal government's going to have to do to get people to, to care about the CBDC is say, hey, we got a $500 a month subsidy for everybody. Just sign on up right over here. Get your, uh, your Federal Reserve CBDC wallet and you You'll get 500 bucks a month. You can spend it at every grocery store, every gas station, can whatever. Can you spend it at cryptocurrency exchanges? I don't know. That's <laughs> that's an excellent question. Or even just at a pawn shop to buy gold and silver? Again, I don't know what I don't know what kind of mandates they're going to roll out if they decide to move forward with this. Are they going to mandate that every uh, store accept the CBDC or because right now technically Legal tender just means that the you have to accept the Federal Reserve note for all debts, public and private. So technically, mm-hmm. you can have a store like our friends Derek J and Stephen did in uh, on the seacoast, which only took cryptocurrency payments. Right, because there was no debt. Correct. So uh, the number, if you want to join us, 603-283-6160. So here's the section on the bank run, because I thought that was interesting. Like, how can you have a bank run with a CBDC? says here, because the central bank money is the safest form of money, they claim, a widely accessible CBDC would be particularly attractive to risk-averse users, especially during times of stress in the financial system. No, no, no. That's when, that's when anyone with a brain wants to get away from the government-controlled money. Even Warren Buffett recently said, hey, look, no, you don't want to have dollars during a war. Good advice. Mm-hmm. You don't want to have dollars anytime, but... No, but uh, especially not during yeah, a war. Because they're going to inflate or, like crazy. Or any of right? these other stressful times. The, the last thing you want right now is dollars. The ability to quickly convert other forms of money, including deposits at commercial banks, into CBDCs could make runs on financial firms more likely or more severe... Traditional measures such as prudential supervision, government deposit insurance, and access to central bank liquidity may be insufficient to stave off large outflows of commercial bank deposits into CBDC in the event of financial panic. So they believe that if they launch a CBDC that it will be so attractive to people that there will be a run on the bank in essentially reverse, right? Typically when you think of a run on a bank... It means a bunch of people are going to the bank to try to get cash out, to take the money out of the bank account. So when the bank fails or whatever, or the bank freezes right. or the bank shuts down or whatever, then their, their money money's not trapped in the account. They have it in cash. That's what bank runs have always meant. But now they're saying that a bank run in the case of a CBDC that they're worried about would be the opposite. Instead of people taking cash out of the bank, they would go to their bank and say, banker. Send all my uh, account to the CBDC that I have. I think they misunderstand people panicking and worrying about their investments. I think the average person is going to much prefer having their sheets of paper mm-hmm. over something written down electronically. I mean, if they were fine with the electronic thing, they would be fine with leaving their money in the banks and not causing these bank runs in the first place. Well, which is why I don't think they're going to allow people to take this out as cash. 
because yeah. the cash won't exist for it, right? Like, there's only so much cash. There's there's way more digital money now than there is cash. We yeah, know it's that. It's like 97% digital, the total U.S. money supply. Right. So when they add the CBDC, that's just going to be even more digital money, and God knows how much of it. Like, what if they're going to be supplementing the existing supply of money with CBDC, how many trillions of CBDC or hundreds of billions or whatever CBDC are they going to turn on on day number one? Poof, add new money uh, to the money system. That 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 move alone is going to be incredibly inflationary. So It'll be good for Bitcoin, though. So they don't want people to run on the bank in the traditional way, which they may very well do. You know, if they create the CBDC, so I don't think they're going to let people take this out as cash. I think the idea is you can put money into the CBDC. You can't take it out. That's just my speculation. Again, I haven't read this 40, 40 page document. They here. learned it from PayPal's handling of cryptocurrency. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the number is 603 283 6160. They say, as with concerns related to financial sector market structure, some of these flight to safety concerns could potentially be mitigated by CBDC design choices. For example, a central bank could pay no interest on the CBDC. Nonetheless, because a liability of the central bank is essentially riskless, <laughs> depositors... Unless they decide they don't like your politics. Depositors may prefer CBDC over bank deposits in a crisis, even if the CBDC has a less attractive rate of return. A central bank could potentially address this risk by limiting the total amount of CBDC the end user could hold, or it could limit the amount of CBDC the end user could accumulate over short periods. So they still haven't so figured they're going to cap this. your wallet. They're going to cap your Maybe. wealth. If, if it makes the banks happy. Again, this comes back to what nobody was saying earlier. If they can create this CBDC in a way where the banks say, all right, then it's going to happen. Mm. And so this is them sort of feeling out, oh, we could do it this way. We could have an interest-bearing one. But the bankers wouldn't like that. So we could choose to not do the interest-bearing thing, and then just uh, so they've got different options that they uh, they put on the table here. Do they have any that are good? <laughs> no, of course not. It's obviously just pure evil. I mean, this is government money. Yeah, that's what it, that's what it is, and that's what it does. Let's go to Stephen. He's in Georgia. You're on Free Talk Live, Stephen. Hey guys, um, I need some libertarian advice here. I've been in chat with some libertarians locally. All right, uh, I have a little bit of a dilemma. Um, how familiar are you guys with Marjorie Taylor Greene? I've seen her name. She is a, as I understand it, a Republican congressperson, I think, who's Mm -hmm. made some headlines because she's a younger woman and is controversial in some way. I don't know what it is, though. Yeah, so she she loves Donald Trump more than Donald Trump loves Donald Trump. Oh, that's what she is. Yeah, um... And she had an office next to another congresswoman who is very left, who had a transgender or has a transgender child. Um, and so she hung a sign up that said there's only two genders and, and went on that crusade. And whenever, like, you meet her, like, in person, she pulls the, what I call the Jesus, uh, the Jesus card. Um, mm, like just very, to show how Christian she is, she's like she. I'm well, more Christian than you, kind of person. Kind of. Well, All right, well hang on. I know you're you're going to some sort of a point or a question here, so we'll talk about this person, uh, Marjorie Taylor Green. Uh, he'll tell us a little bit more about it, and we'll. How is it that trans people are like half a percent of the population, but we're just always getting talked about? 
<laughs> There's more on the way here. Uh, more with Stephen. Your calls and thoughts are also welcome. 603-283-6160. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, and you can join the show here at 603-283-6160, whether you want to comment on the latest dictator moves out of Ukraine, where they're nationalizing all their television channels, so it can they can all broadcast government propaganda at all times, uh, or you can talk about the central bank digital currency, which there's a little bit more here that I've just dug up in this 40-page document from the Federal Reserve where they're just throwing out a bunch of ideas. They don't really know how they're going to do this yet or if they're going to do it. But as nobody pointed out, if they can get the if they can get the big banks on board, then it's it's a done deal at that point. Yeah. Uh and unfortunately. We'll th- yeah, we'll talk more about that, but uh, we do have Stephen on the line with us. He's in uh, North Georgia and you called in about this congressperson Marjorie Taylor Greene. You say she is a huge Trump fanatic. And that's sort of what she's known for, apparently. And I, you were driving at some sort of point you wanted to make about her or a question or whatever. So go ahead. Yeah. Um, so the big thing about her is I, I think that she, as a junior congressman, has perfected the art of figuring out what people want to hear and then saying that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's become an issue because I don't know if, the last three or four weeks have been an act or if they've been what she really believes. Because what's been happening the last couple of weeks is she has been screaming at the top of her lungs, literally running up and down the halls of Congress, screaming on TikTok, do not go to war, do not go to war, Vladimir Putin does not deserve this, do not go to war, Zelensky was embedded by the CIA, do not go to war, so on and so forth. And a lot of what she had to say, yes, was Zelensky put in power by the Obama administration and the CIA? Absolutely he was. Mm-hmm. Um, was um, did, did we just absolutely do the Ukrainian people wrong time after time again? And is it time to just walk away and let this sort itself out and not get involved? and worry about the fact that we're $30 trillion in debt? Yes. Um, 
And yeah, well, a lot of these Republicans are sounding a lot like anti-war activists these days. Uh, I think Bonnie, uh, my girlfriend, was telling me earlier today that Candace Owens, who is this sort of well-known uh, right-wing commentator, that uh, she's been sounding very anti-war uh, like significantly, and I've seen some of these posts, and I I was surprised about them. But then I said, "Oh yeah, well the Republicans aren't in power, so of course they're going to oppose the war that the Democrats." Uh, well, that get and into. the Democrats, you know, went out of their way for the last several years to paint Trump and Putin as friends, so that people mm-hmm. who are really caught up in Trump mania or whatever word terminology they use for it, they look at Putin as a good guy, as a hero, as a friend. Uh-huh. Yeah, and of course now. You know, I'm I'm kind of with Ian on this that, you know, if you want to make Republicans support a war, get a Republican chief executive. And if you mm-hmm. want to get Democrats to to start a, uh, to support a war, get a Democratic chief executive. Um, you know, the uh, the Democrats hated the war in Iraq until Obama took power. Mm. And then all of a sudden it was all it, it was all fine. Right. The anti-war they left were firing, disappeared. Democratic bullets and not Republican bullets. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the question I have. Do we stand alongside these people and say, I agree with you publicly and try to explain to people how not only is this war wrong, but going into a place and just randomly killing people because they have cell phones and we think they're spotters? Yeah, that happened all the time when I was in Afghanistan. We randomly killed people for having cell phones. Um, I think I can answer. Um, no, yeah. we're, we're not standing with her in being anti-war. She's finally standing with us. We've been anti-war. We've been saying this. We've been standing here saying this. So the fact that she's finally coming along, she's the one coming along and saying, oh, yeah, hey, it turns out these guys are right. So it yeah. doesn't require any change or acknowledgement until, from us. We just we carry on doing president. exactly what we've been doing for the last 20 years. I think the so you wouldn't acknowledge the good deed that she did in saying this is this is morally repugnant. Oh, absolutely I would acknowledge it. Uh, I mean, I don't know I, I don't know about Arya, but I think that it's important to meet somebody where they are. And yes, we have been anti-war, pro-peace the entire time through all of the last various different uh, governmental administrations, whoever it might have been. But when somebody says they – and thank you, by the way, Stephen, for the call tonight. When somebody says that they are against this war, we can point out that we're against all war, you know, with the exception of defending yourself, uh, with with the exception of defensive violence – and and use this as an excuse to talk to that person. Now, the odds that you're going to get through to a congressperson or even be able to have a conversation with that person are near to zero. They're protected by staff. They've got, you know, people, gatekeepers in the way. So they're just going to make whatever statements they make, and we're not really going to have any effect on them. But the average Republican, the ones that you can meet on the street at an event— at a protest, at a Republican meeting of some sort, or whatever, wherever we're talking about it, you know, a local group, uh, even not not even necessarily if they're a Republican group, but you know, the uh, the veterans group that might be in the area, or wherever you would encounter one of these right wingers who has been pro war and now they're all of a sudden anti war, that's a good time to start talking to them about principles and why, you know. They should have been anti-war during Iraq or Afghanistan or or whatever. If you if you have sure. a relationship with this person, uh, this is a good time to to build on that. And I, I mean, I don't mind acknowledging that 
Taylor Green or whatever her name is mm-hmm. is you know right on this particular issue. Yeah. To me, that's uh, it's obvious she is right because she's in agreement with me, and I think I'm right on this particular <laughs> issue. But to I'm not going to stand with her on this issue, and that that just isn't the way I view the scenario here. She's standing with us on the issue on this particular occasion. When she goes away to cheer for the war in Syria or the arming of Saudi Arabia or the war on drugs. Yeah, we're going to continue standing here saying the same stuff. Or the war on immigrants. Yeah. Yeah, which she's big on. I suspect she is. <laughs> yeah, she's a Trumper. Because uh, that's where they're, they're afraid of, you know, people, oh, come across the border. You know, got to stop that. Got to double size the border patrol. And so that's a war. It's just a war on peaceful people that are in no way a threat whatsoever. Uh, so I hope we answered that question, Stephen. Let's go to Sarah. She's in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live. Sarah. Oh, yes. So it was announced on the news so that the Chevron oil refinery workers went on strike midnight last night. So that's the San Francisco area. Okay. Um, Yeah, they went on strike. So, I mean, but kudos for them. I'm so excited that labor unions are stepping up. Well, as someone Um, who doesn't drive a vehicle that uses gasoline, I can see why you wouldn't care, Sarah. She doesn't drive anything. Right. Well, wait a minute. It's the workers. I'm talking about, because they, 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 you see, they, they treat the, they want everybody dumbed down, but they, it's yes, like the yes, people that are, yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, they have half enough brain. If all you got to do is figure out how much the Chevron stocks went up, you know, I mean, it went up like 100 points in the last 10 years. You know they're making money hand over fist the CEOs and all the administrators. And they know that the workers are not, they're being shortchanged. They're being exploited as far as what they're concerned. You know, I mean, I mean, you know that. They blame the war, the Ukrainian war, uh, for the gas is going up, but they, they've only been, we've been getting like 8% of the oil from them. But this is an opportunity for them to just price gouge. You know what I mean? So if these people would be better off without their jobs, why don't they just quit? Sarah. I mean, they've got a job, and the job is harming them, it's exploiting them, so they'd be better off just not working, right? Well, I mean, does that make sense? It's better to fight for your rights and, and fight for equality and equal pay. Don't you think that's a better way than just... Equal to what? Um, <laughs> well, I mean, look, look about it. Look, in this capital system, they reward the capitalists. All right, hold that thought, Sarah, because you're asking some really interesting questions here, nobody, and I want to continue the discussion uh, in moments. The number is 603-283-6160. would seem like the reason they don't want to quit their jobs is because they're union jobs, and they probably get paid really good. Because usually union workers get paid like a multiple of whatever the minimum wage is in a lot of these cases, from what I understand. There's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Talk live, phones open. You can join the show here, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Free Talk Live is brought to you by Bitcoin.com. There's a lot of talk about government monies, government central bank digital currencies, but there are other options out there for transferring uh, value from one human being to another without asking for permission, without the government having control. You ought to look into Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash and cryptocurrency in general. Get over to Bitcoin.com, click Get Started at the top of the page, 
and you can begin learning about some of the basics when it comes to cryptocurrencies. Very important ideas. There's some some new concepts that if you haven't looked into this, you do need to kind of wrap your head around, and they will help you do that over at Bitcoin.com. Again, click Get Started at the top of the page. You can also do things like buy your first Bitcoin or Bitcoin Cash there. And remember, you can buy a fraction of those things. You do not have to buy an entire Bitcoin because not many people can afford an entire Bitcoin these days. Uh, but you can do that, those sorts of things, through Bitcoin.com. They also have a great news site over at news.bitcoin.com. So check them out there. Sarah had called in about this Chevron strike. And according to the news media, uh, there was apparently contract negotiations and the workers at this United Steelworkers Union shop there in California said that they didn't agree with whatever the contract offer was from Chevron and then refused to return to the bargaining, or the company refused to return to the bargaining table. So the strike began at 12.01, I guess, this morning. Uh, so, Sarah, right. go ahead. Yeah, that's, that's correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, and nobody had asked you some questions, and I wanted to make sure we had a chance to really get your, your answers here. Uh, nobody, I think your first question was, well, why don't they just quit their jobs if they're so terrible? Is that right? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, wait, wait a minute. Isn't, isn't the union, isn't a strike walking off the job and they're refusing to work for a while? Isn't that what a strike means? Well, it's refusing to work temporarily, but also having the government prevent other people from coming in and taking your job. Mm-hmm. There may well be unemployed people who would dearly love to have those jobs. But legally, the employer can't hire them. So then it becomes a situation where it's like, um, you know, basically a, a, a union is a labor cartel and they have to have a way to prevent other people from having the freedom to do their job in order for for that cartel to be effective. Um, that's, so that that's the issue that that I have with that because there's nothing inherently wrong with organizing, right? Nobody for no. if, if people want to come together and try to get a higher you know rate of pay or better benefits or whatever and and mm-hmm. come together for that similar purpose and negotiate for those things. There's nothing inherently wrong. But what you're saying is is that the state of California or the federal government or whoever mm-hmm. is have some sort of rule in place that prohibits Chevron from going somewhere else. They can't go outside of this particular union. Exactly. And if the uh when the government doesn't oh. doesn't step in and, and cause that, then what you have is a situation where the union guys will physically assault mm. people who are coming in to do their jobs, and they don't have a right to do that any more than a uh, drug gang has a re- has a right to go to war with another drug gang because they're on their turf, and that again is that's how cartels operate. So, you know, in in okay, well, let me ask you a question: Do you like workers being exploited and working for slave labor? Is that what you support? Um, I am strongly doubting that any uh, <laughs> American steel workers are working for anything like slave wages. $107,948 a year, according to Glassdoor.com. The, uh, that is what they pay a Chevron refinery operator 
is a hundred and almost one hundred eight thousand dollars per year. Yeah, see, I wouldn't necessarily call that a slave wage. Okay, but look at compared to the CEOs and the the people that run the company, they they've been making like their stocks been going up like four hundred, five hundred percent, or they just making. I mean, just. You know, Making, any one of these like workers could money. have taken some of this $108,000 and used it to buy shares in Chevron, right? But I mean, I'm just saying. But so as am a I. Communist, that, that, <laughs> I'm also okay. just that's saying. I'm telling you. Any one of these okay, workers, not, unless they're living on $108,000 a year, which is pretty excessive, even in California. It is California. Yeah, but yeah you got to imagine, though, they could probably afford $5,000 worth of, of, of shares in Chevron in the last five years. Yeah, thanks for the call tonight, uh, Sarah. Definitely appreciate you bringing this, this story to our attention because it is an interesting story. Uh, it's probably not going to affect, you know, a whole big chunk of Chevron because it's only this California refinery. They obviously have other locations where they where they do that. So it's probably not going to really affect their business uh, in a huge way. But yeah, I mean, the bottom line is wages are a result of supply and demand. Mm-hmm. And if if you think wages are too low, the way to get wages higher is start a business and hire people. And increase the demand for labor. Um, And, uh, you know, supply and demand aren't just good ideas. They're laws of nature. Yeah, and see if you can afford to pay those people uh, 10% more or 20% more. And see if your business still works. See if the numbers uh, still work. There may be a reason why no one's offering more than $108,000 a year for this position. Because the market can't, can't pay for it. It can't handle it. Could well be. In fact, Chevron here, according to uh, Glassdoor.com, is actually higher than some other refinery operator payers. If you were working for Sunoco, for instance, you're only getting around ninety thousand dollars hmm. uh, per year. So they get they so get almost twenty percent more. Yeah, they get pretty good uh, pretty good paycheck over there. But your your point here is really good, nobody, and that is that if the state wasn't involved in this then mm. it would be a completely different situation. And if you didn't have the thugs, the union thugs outside, like intimidating potential new workers from coming into to the shop, then it would be no big deal if somebody wanted to have a strike. And then they would have to strike on their own market values. Like, yeah, mm. you could hire new people for this job, but then you got to train them. You know, and yeah. there's that's there's a, a large cost involved in that. And if everyone walks off the job or 90 percent of them walk off the job, it may very well be worth it to accept their demands and just pay them the extra so you don't have to start from near zero and try to get this thing uh, rolling from, you know, a bunch of people that have no experience. Now, presumably you want to hire people with experience. So obviously some people are going to come over from Sunoco or whatever and get the extra 20%. But still, mm-hmm. they got to learn the learn the ropes at this new location. And there's, there's some time and effort that's involved in that. So... They do have, uh, there's something to be said for, for a group of people negotiating new sure. working positions. Sure. And, you know, if you if you read uh, The Wealth of Nations, uh, unions were illegal when Adam Smith wrote the, mm-hmm. uh, wrote the Wealth of Nations, and he argued against their illegality because right. that was a violation of the free market, and it was. Yep. The problem is that, and, and at one time unions were illegal in the United States, the problem is the government went straight from outlawing unions to subsidizing unions without going through a stage of just being neutral. Mm. And that's what the government should do is just be 
neutral or go hang themselves, <laughs> which would be fine too. Um, yeah, if they're going to exist, they shouldn't butt in uh, to business decisions. Yeah. And employees making decisions is a business decision. There's more coming up. Join liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians from June 27th through July 3rd for the 6th Annual Fork Fest at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. Fork Fest is a fork of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which sold out for the first time in 2021. Fork Fest takes place the week after Pork Fest, but Fork Fest is decentralized, which means that there's no ticket cost and no one is in charge. All you have to do to join the fun is reserve your camping site, RV site, or motel room with Rogers Campground for June 27th through July 3rd. There's no better place to celebrate Independence Day than around other freedom-loving activists in the Shire. You can find out more at the unofficial website, forkfest.party. You can also connect with other attendees on the ForkFest Telegram and Matrix chat rooms, as well as the ForkFest forum. You can find links to those at forkfest.party. We hope to see you there. Forkfest.party. Talk live, and you can bring up what you want here. The number is 603 283 6160. That's 603 283 6160. Tonight in studio, it's Ian, Aria, and nobody. Don't forget, come join us online anytime at freetalklive.com. I want to say thanks to Roger Paxton, who is a Free Talk Live supporter via our AMPS Patreon, and he's a gold-level supporter, so thank you, Roger, for that. Uh, Roger's actually a former occasional co-host on the program. Great guy. Uh, miss him. I think he's moved down to Tennessee or something like that temporarily. I think he's, so. Sounds like he plans to come back up here, but he needed to uh, to get some work, from what I understand. But I uh, still support Free Talk Live, so really appreciate that, Roger. And you can join the AMPS program just as Roger has done. In fact, you can only uh, all we ask for is five bucks a month. He's doing ten, uh, so thank you there. But uh, if you want to do at least five bucks a month, head over to amps.freetalklive.com. That's amps.freetalklive.com. Aria, you've got a, a list of seven things. That everyone loves lists, right? So whenever I see one of these articles, it's like here's seven things I learned from Trump or Biden or whatever. I'm like, oh, that's. Even if it's bad, it's, it's good. got good stuff yeah. we can pull out of it. And this is totally bad. I haven't seen this one, so uh, share it with us. Let's let's jump in. Well, and where is this being posted, by the way? Newsweek. Okay. And it's from Robert Reich, as in Third Reich. No, no joke. That's really his name. Wasn't he the right-wing guy? Wasn't there a right-winger with that name at one point? Nah, Why does that sound familiar? Don't Maybe it's just know. because it's Reich. I don't know. It sounded. It sounds to me like some uh, some right wing ultra conservative character from the nineteen nineties, and, and I don't know why that is. Mm. Like one of those. Well, the super name isn't religious. doing him any favors, yeah. right? I know you like to say that a person's name says a lot about them, and his last name is Reich. Is Reich? It's going to make sense as we go further. Okay, along. so this is a, probably the apparently former bureaucrat. He was the U.S. Secretary of Labor from 1993 to 1997 working for Bill Clinton. So I'm guessing that's the same person. I would imagine so. Uh, But anyway, let's go on. He says, I used to believe several things about the 21st century that Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine and Donald Trump's election in 2016 have shown me are false. I assume he didn't number these because he's a a bad journalist, but I'm going to number them for him. I don't even know if there's seven of them, in fact. 
But number one, nationalism is disappearing. I expected globalization would blur borders, create economic interdependence among nations and regions, and extend a modern consumer and artistic culture worldwide. I was wrong. Both Putin and Trump have encouraged xenophobic nationalism to build their power. Putin's aggression has also ignited an inspiring patriotism in Ukraine. So he evidently now how how does that differ? What's why is Ukrainian nationalism patriotism or American patriotism nationalism? Well, you make a good point because in theory, patriotism and nationalism are going to be different things, right? Like you're a patriot if you love the ideas of the United States, liberty, freedom, and all of that stuff, and that's often going to put you at odds with the nation that is the United States, hmm. which is a warmongering, tyrannical hellscape. Mm, so that's true, interesting. I've never heard it uh, differentiated that way. A true patriot would essentially hate the nation that is the United States. Or if not the nation, at least the government that yeah. is uh, exploiting gener- the United States. Right, because generally it's hard to discern the difference between a patriot and a nationalist because usually the patriots are still waving the same flags. The, well, because uh, they're nationalists. And right. they just, they've, they've adapted the word as their own, right? Yeah, just, just like they took a person's love for their homeland, like, hey, I was born here, I would fight and die for this land. They took that and they made it, you would fight and die for the United States government, and that's not true for the bulk of these people. They just get brainwashed into believing it is. By the way, I pulled up the story here, so if you want me to take over for you. Yeah, that would be good. You want me to take over now? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Okay. Uh, By the way, for listeners that don't know, Aria had some surgery on her throat uh, like a month or so, two months ago, and it's uh, It's about two months ago. It's been a long road. I've actually been recovering like really well through the last week, but I just so happened to develop a cold like three days ago that put me right back sounding like (laughs) at the beginning. All right. So uh, here's number two on this list of seven things that, and this is from theguardian.com and and this is that robert reich by the way i did it is verify yep uh 75 years old four foot 11 by the way not a very tall man (laughs) at all Hmm. uh he says i assumed or this is headline here nations can no longer control what their citizens know i assumed that emerging digital technologies including the internet would make it impossible to control what worldwide flows of information and knowledge tyrants could no longer keep their people in the dark or hoodwink them with propaganda Wrong again. Trump filled the media with lies, as has Putin. Putin has also cut off Russian citizens from the truth about what's occurring in Ukraine. Well, and that isn't it not- interesting that the people who are actually being cut off, the Russians, are, are being blamed for it? Because, you know, it's, it's not Russia today saying that, or it's not Russia saying that CNN can't broadcast in, in Russia. CNN decided to... Uh, to not to broadcast in Russia. And it's not mm. the Russians who are saying that Russia today can't be broadcast outside Russia. It's everybody else. It's the European Union. It's Australia. It's now Canada banning RT. And, of course, a lot of corporations, even without a government mandate, uh, like DirecTV, mm. have pulled the RT station. But if CNN hadn't pulled out of Russia, would Russia, would the Russian government still be willing to allow CNN to broadcast there? I don't know. I That's don't a good point. know if CNN had a channel in Russia, but if they've certainly pulled their reporters out from uh, from CNN. Yeah. I don't know if there's like a CNN.ru. Well, they they announced a while ago that they were going to stop broadcasting there. So I assume that they Reporting had started at some point. 
I think it was broadcasting. Really? But I could be wrong. Uh, that is one worth looking into because, yeah, yeah, I certainly am not sure where all of CNN's uh, bureaus are. They, they have sh- certainly have reporters in Moscow, but they may mm. have pulled them out due to uh, this situation. I, I don't know if they actually had a broadcast facility because generally when you look into uh, Russian news media, you find nothing but Russian controlled or state controlled media. There's almost nothing. Mm. There was a story that we reported on a couple weeks ago, early on in, in this situation with Ukraine, where the Russian government has come after what was described as the one liberal TV channel and the one liberal radio station. Now, I don't know if that means that there are independent other radio stations and TV channels, but the way the news was made to sound was, and it was, by the way, being reported by RT. Mm. Uh, so it wasn't like they're covering this up or anything like that. They actually interviewed some of the people from the TV station and, and quoted them. And so the TV station was saying they're going to sue because they believed it was unconstitutional, even under the Russian uh, constitution for what the Russian government was doing to them, basically shutting them down. The Russian government was alleging that the stations were calling for violence. And didn't mm. all of this happen after the U.S. government and its corporate outlies effectively shut down Russia Today America? It was around the same time. It was all kind of happening at, a, at around the same time. I mean, so there's no doubt Russia is not a freedom-oriented place. However, mm. uh, what this guy is saying here is, is totally slanted. I mean, he's acting as though, oh, well, Putin is cutting Russian people off. Well, we just read to you at the very beginning of the show that the Ukrainian dictator has now said... Apparently, there's martial law has been declared, by the way, in Ukraine. That's another I'm story. not surprised, though. In the midst of a war zone with your nation being invaded, martial law could be a sensible approach. And under that, they are now restricting all private television services from broadcasting anything but government propaganda. See, that's where so, they lose me. But if you yeah. want to be like, hey, look, there's literally tanks rolling into our neighborhood. We don't want to accidentally shoot you while you're out there walking your dog. So after 8 o'clock, maybe stay inside. I wouldn't be a fan well, of they that, had but a, I could understand it. They had that weeks ago. They had a curfew in place. That was early, uh, that was early on in this situation. So now it's quote-unquote martial law, which is just an excuse to do completely right. dictatorial uh, things like this. So the exact same thing is happening in Ukraine. If it's true that Putin has cut off the Russian people from quote-unquote the truth, the same thing is true in Ukraine. And he says Trump filled the media with lies. Well, that's what every president does. That's what every politician does. That's what all of these people at Newsweek have done. Yeah, exactly. And at the very least, the media didn't just buy it when it came came to Trump, right? Like, they were constantly at Trump's throat and questioning him back. And And don't forget covering up the Biden laptop. Yeah, that's one of the most recent revelations. Uh, There's more on the way. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, and the phones are open here. You can join us at 603-283-6160. We're sharing the seven things that, according to Robert Reich, who's a former bureaucrat from the Clinton administration, seven things that he says Putin and Trump have convinced me he was wrong about the 21st century. I can imagine being this guy's age and still living in that, that worldview, right? Like, I learned nothing going from Trump to Biden to Putin's war because nothing changed when we went from 
the when those conditions changed, everything went on exactly as it had been going on for well, years before. At least as far as within the government, the media is definitely more of a Biden lapdog now than they were with Trump. That's changed a bit. Yeah, but like I used to be really active on Quora, mm-hmm. which is a questions and answer thing. Right. And one of the answers well, I'd that, say the media was a Biden laptop under Trump as well. Yeah. I got a <laughs> comment on an answer that I posted from like 2016 recently where I alluded to the Russian invasion of Ukraine in 2014 as pointing out that libertarians don't love Putin. We just love pointing out that there's no real difference between him and the president of the United States. And that's why yep. libertarians frequently talk about it. But Russia was invading Ukraine in 2014, apparently, so nothing has changed. It's just happening again. Yeah, and we're still on uh, number two here on his list. The first one, he said uh, that he believed that nationalism was disappearing, but Donald Trump and Putin changed his mind on that. And the second one here is that nations can no longer control what their citizens know. Did he not hear about how the Biden administration has been hiring TikTokers to spew propaganda? Because that's a thing now. Well, they can. Well, the Biden administration can do that to affect what people know. But here in the United States, at least, I don't think the Biden administration can control what we know because we do have access to things like library and Odyssey. Well, they can certainly silence a lot of voices for the majority of people through their operatives in Twitter and their operatives mm-hmm. in uh, Facebook. Through an FBI raid. Yeah. Or whatever. Uh, so, I mean, it's just this this guy is so one-sided, it's ridiculous. But we go on because he's got more. Uh, number three on the list. Advanced nations will no longer war over geographic territory. Remember, this is what he believed and that then his belief was changed, supposedly. Didn't Russia annex Georgia in like 2000, some, 2016, 2017? Wasn't I that like pretty recent? A, I don't think they've successfully annexed Georgia. Hmm. Okay. Um, I, I don't I think know. Georgia still quote unquote exists in there. I think there's some dispute regarding that particular landmass. Uh, but it, so he says, I thought that in the quote new economy, land was becoming less valuable than technological know-how and innovation. Competition among nations would therefore be over the development of cutting-edge innovations, or sorry, inventions. I was only partly right. While skills and innovation are critical, land still provides access to critical raw materials and buffers against potential foreign aggressors. No, okay, I understand what he he thought. He that didn't know that he bought the no, he didn't. He bought the socialist propaganda that we've defeated scarcity. Scarcity is mm. no longer a real thing. We can just magic up anything we need. All of these resources that exist in certain parts of the land, that's mythical. Everything exists in limitless bounty now. And what does Trump or Putin have to do with his revelation on this particular issue? Well, he gets to blame them. It's like, we had done away with scarcity, and then these crazy psychopaths brought it back. I mean, Trump reduced the troop count in Afghanistan, and Biden finished the job and, and, and removed troops from Afghanistan. But the U.S. government continues to, op, you know, uh, to occupy hundreds, uh, what is it, 700-something military bases or more all around the planet. So that mm-hmm. hasn't changed under Biden. No, no, and no. they're still supporting the uh, Saudi Arabian genocide against the Yemenis. Yeah, that's right. Um, 
and they just sent them getting a bunch nothing of back for today. it because when they asked Saudi Arabia to pump more oil, Saudi Arabia says, screw you. What was it you just said there, Arya? Uh, that the American government just sent a bunch of Patriot missiles to the Saudi government in an effort to smooth over some of these tensions that have been oh, developing wow. in the last few weeks. So now they can murder more people. Well, they want to bribe mm-hmm. them to turn on the oil spigots. Mm-hmm. It's like, here's some missiles. You can murder some more kids. Oh, yeah. And they're also cozying up with the Venezuelan uh, dictator down there, too, because they want his oil now. Uh, Major nuclear. This is number four here on his list of things that he has now learned are not true. Major nuclear powers will never risk war against each other because of the certainty of mutually assured destruction. He says, I bought the conventional wisdom that nuclear war was unthinkable. I fear I was wrong. Putin is now resorting to dangerous nuclear brinksmanship. I haven't I haven't seen any of that from Putin. I've seen it from the Western media. This is uh, true. There has been some in Russia who have talked about their nuclear prowess. I don't know if it has been Putin directly or just some underlings or newsmen or or whatever there, but they've definitely touted it. I think he's uh, made some statements. But still, it is definitely true that there is such a thing as mutually assured destruction and the odds that there are going to be a nuclear strike involved in this situation are near to zero. Why would they drop a nuke on a country right next door to them, number one? Because you know, it's not that far across the border as far as yeah. the fallout uh, is concerned. And number two, they wouldn't do it because they don't want someone to launch a counterstrike against them. So it's just the the whole idea of nuclear anything being involved in this conflict just seems completely unbelievable. Like, it's total fear-mongering on the part of the, the mainstream media. I think you're absolutely right, because I remember when they first touted this out, when they first brought this out, like a few days after the invasion of Ukraine, when it became clear that Russia wasn't going to just storm in and just decimate the place overnight, Putin said something to the effect of, look, if the United States wants to get involved, we have the power to crush our enemies or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then the media here in the United States, here in the West, took that and said, Putin's threatening to use nukes against the United States if yeah. they get involved. When he said no such thing, he did kind of imply it. Yeah, he just said you're going to regret it, basically. I yeah. remember the statement you're talking about. It says you, ne- you will ne- have never experienced this or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but he never said we're going we're gonna to start nuking you. Yeah. No, he didn't. Uh, next point here. He says civilization, again, these are things he uh, learned were not true. Civilization will never again be held hostage by crazy isolated men with the power to wreak havoc. He says, I assume this was a phenomenon of the 20th century and that 21st century governments, even totalitarian ones, would constrain tyrants. Trump and Putin have convinced me I was mistaken. Well, what in the world would have made him think? Did he not hear about the Philippines? <laughs> yeah, what's that guy's name? I'm forgetting. Duterte? Duterte, that's right. Yeah, he's crazy. He, 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 doesn't he actually go out there with the police and kill people? He has. Yeah. He was known for that when he was a mayor, I believe, of uh, one of the bigger cities there in the Philippines, was actually going on kill squads, uh, going out with kill squads and executing people. But yeah, yeah, you know what? It's all Trump and Putin, that stuff. That's 20th century fiction. Right. I, I just don't understand what would have, you know, this is just straight up propaganda, and there's no reason why he would have actually made these assumptions at any point. I mean, he probably mm. does believe them, though. I don't know if I buy it. Uh, advances in warfare. This is his next one. Advances in warfare, such as fi- cyber warfare and precision weapons, will minimize civilian casualties. He says, I was persuaded by specialists in defense strategy that it no longer made sense for sophisticated powers to target civilians. Utterly wrong. Civilian casualties in Ukraine are mounting. 
That never made sense as a strategy. Did he not pay attention during the Barack Obama administration where there were absolutely people being killed in things like wedding parties and hospitals, just like during the Bush administration? But since he seems to want to just blame Trump or whatever, Trump dropped bombs, too, for sure. But so yeah. did his predecessors in the 21st century. So, again, mm. not sure what he's saying here. And, yeah, civilian casualties in Ukraine are mounting. But why? Is it because of the Would Ukrainian it, government? Might it be because Zelensky was like, hey, civilians, go out there and fight the Russians. That could be why civilian deaths are melting. Or maybe he's forcing them to. He is. You know? There is a draft there. There is a draft. If you're a male under the age of 65, 60. you're not allowed Once to Once you're drafted, 60. you're not a civilian anymore, though. Sure. There was a video I saw today of, and I don't know, you know, again, a lot of these videos, you don't know when they happened. The lot We found out that many of these videos are completely you know, years old, they've been around forever, and they might have happened in Ukraine. It seems like the one thing we can be sure of is that Zelensky is enjoying this. Oh, he's getting all kinds of publicity out yeah, of it. Yeah, he's posing in these pictures like he's on a tour a at hero. Disney World. Well, he is an actor, by the yeah, way. Yeah, he's loving every minute of it. Uh, so, let's see here. Oh, so, so, so again, the civilian casualty count. There's also, so the video I saw was of, allegedly, of an intercepted missile... Uh, intercepted Russian missile falling on some sort of like house or or whatever apartment whatever it was in this in the street uh, on a building and it's like okay well they intercepted the missile and so therefore had the missile struck its target it was likely going for some sort of military target because according to the Russians they're only going after military targets now again are they telling the truth I doubt it the number here is 603-283-6160 there's video of uh, Russian troops Talking with the Ukrainians, telling them they're here to protect them. There's more coming up. Hmm. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. We're kicking off the third hour of the program, and the phones are open. If you want to join the show, the number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Coming up, there was a story I came across, I think it was Saturday night, and we just didn't, it was like during the show when I when I found it, and I thought, oh yeah, we got to talk about this. And it's been passed around a lot on social media. Bloomberg opinion. Inflation stings the most if you earn less than $300,000. Good Lord, you lunatic. Here's how to deal. This is a serious article that's going to go into suggestions on how to handle inflation for quote-unquote poor people, according to Bloomberg. Which is everyone making under $300,000 a year. That's what they're saying. So that's coming up, but we're still in this list here. By the way, with you tonight, it is Ian. Aria. And nobody. We're in this list that you brought in tonight, Aria, from, what's his name, Robert Reich. He worked for the Clinton administration as some secretary of something or other. And now he is on the attack. Uh, See, the only thing I remember about him is that he's four foot eleven. Yeah. Because <laughs> that, is, that is like really very short. short for a man. Uh, according to uh, this article here at TheGuardian.com, he's going over a list of seven things that he thought he knew about the 21st century. That Putin and Trump, specifically Putin's invasion of Ukraine and Trump's election, have shown him are false. Trump's alleged democratic election in a republic 
is revealed to him that nationalism still exists. It's all very confusing what Trump had to do with any of this. Yeah, this Trump is... didn't start any wars. Trump didn't invade Ukraine. Trump didn't no. threaten to nuke anyone. In fact, Trump, in my living memory, is the only president that didn't involve us in a new war. Yep. Mm. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, technically, but Biden, I don't think, has either yet. Yet. He's right. working hard on this Ukraine thing, though, right? Well, he says... If his son was still over in Ukraine doing crack, we'd be... The United States would be <laughs> invading... Well, you know, there's no reason to believe what a politician says because it can change and they're very careful with their words. But he has said that he intends to keep the United States out of this conflict. Now, whether that's that's what FDR said about World War (laughs) Two, too. Yeah. And Woodrow Wilson, I believe, said that about World War Mm One as well. Uh, So, again, those things can change. And he's still got, what, three, three whole years left of, uh, of this presidency. So there's plenty of time. To get involved in a war, I mean, but, he's got the perfect excuse. He's senile. So I'm like, huh, I forgot no. that. What? Yeah, I was just, I was having a moment when I said that. Now uh, I'm lucid. I promise. So we've been through six out of the seven on this list None here. Out of ten corn pops agree. If you uh, if you missed the story, you, the bulk of it, you can go to grab the show later tonight, anytime over at freetalklive.com. You can download the episode, or you can watch it on our Odyssey channel, which you can find over at video.freetalklive.com. So if uh, if you haven't followed us on Odyssey yet, please do that. Uh, it is a great alternative to things like YouTube. They're competing with YouTube, and they're doing a great job of making it so you can find things again. The things you're looking for are actually a lot of them are surprisingly available on odyssey like the videos that youtube deletes or the videos that youtube doesn't make available at all you can get those things on odyssey there was recently a recent example of this there was apparently a documentary film by oliver stone i believe it if i recall correctly Mm -hmm. uh he's that british dude right i don't know where he's from um, but anyway, the the movie. I thought he was that British dude who was like on the Daily Show every once in a while. No, no, Oliver Stone is the guy who made, uh, I think, Full Metal Jacket, and uh... no, no, that was Stanley Kubrick. Oh, you're right. Oliver Stone what did, did JFK. Stone make? He did do JFK, yeah. but he was famous for some other movies before that. Some more mainstream kind of movies. Yeah, he's definitely done some big, big, successful blockbuster kind of level. Uh, movies, let's see here, Natural Born Killers, Platoon. Oh, Platoon, that's the one I was thinking. Born on the 4th of July, so a bunch of them. This one's called Ukraine on Fire, and you can't get it on YouTube, but you can mm-hmm. you can watch it on Odyssey. So get on over yeah. to our Odyssey channel. And that was about the 2014 coup, right? I believe so. I haven't seen it yet. I've, I've, it's been highly recommended. I have not taken the time to, uh, to watch it, but uh, a lot of people said you should see this thing. So check it out uh, on Odyssey. You can go to video.freetalklive.com. That takes you right to our Odyssey channel. And then you can just type in the search Ukraine on fire and you'll find it. Uh, so back to Robert Reich on his seventh thing that he believed about the 21st century that he has been proven wrong by, he says, Putin and Trump, even though Biden is also proving these things wrong. And so has Barack Obama. But anyway, he says, number seven, democracy is inevitable. He says, I formed this belief in the early 1990s when the Soviet Union had imploded and China was still poor. It seemed to me that totalitarian regimes didn't stand a chance in the new technologically driven globalized world. Sure, petty dictatorships would remain in some retrograde regions of the world, but modernity came with democracy and democracy with modernity. Both Putin and Trump have shown me how wrong I was on this, too. Meanwhile, he says, Ukrainians. Is he saying that Trump stole the election? 
I don't know. He doesn't. I think he's saying that democracy isn't democracy if he doesn't like the result. Yeah, right. He doesn't give any example of how Trump. But Trump lost in 2020, so he does like the result, right? Mm. It's just pure, pure propaganda. It's just a pure hate piece. Basically, it makes absolutely no sense. But let me go on with it. He says, meanwhile, Ukrainians are showing that Trump's and Putin's efforts to turn back the clock on the 21st century can only be addressed with a democracy powerful enough to counteract autocrats like them. By by nationalizing all the TV stations and making sure that only their voice is heard. They are also displaying with inspiring clarity that democracy cannot be taken for granted. Democracy is not a spectator sport. It's not what <sighs> governments do. Democracy is what people do. I would hate to be this guy. Mm. For one, you're four foot eleven. For uh, the other matter, you come up with ideas like that. Hmm. Well, this is your standard propaganda about democracy: is that oh, well, that we are the government. You can I mean, vote. that's the mythology, right? Yeah. And that's what allows them to convince them. That's what allows them to be so so lazy, so ineffectual, but still to identify with something so much greater than themselves. That's just their religious belief. Oh, I'm one of the chosen one because my country is the best. Ukrainians, and I am it. Ukrainians, he says, are reminding us that democracy survives only if people are willing to sacrifice for it. You mean like how the Ukrainian government has now frozen uh, 11 political parties? Because they did mm. that. They did. Well, they sacrificed them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some... That's the issue with government sacrifices, right? Is that they always sacrifice the ones that are going to secure their power by sacrificing them. Mm-hmm. He says, you may have to stand in line for hours to vote. Can you imagine? Dude, I would just leave. What a pointless <laughs> thing to do. Uh, your vote does not count. That much to where you should stand in line for hours to cast it. That makes absolutely no sense. No, if there's any line, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go do something and check back in half an hour. And if there's still a line, I'm just going to go home, man. If there were lines that were like that around here, and thankfully there never have been. I've never seen one. I've, I've never had to wait at all. In I, I mean, all the elections I voted in here in, in New Hampshire, there's never been a, a line. Uh, but if there were, I would just start doing absentee ballots or something, right? Like if I if voting really mattered to me and my time is precious, I'm not going to stand in a line to do that. Uh, but he goes on. He says, as did thousands, tens of thousands of black people in America's 2020 election, you may have to march and protest and even risk your life so others may vote, as did iconic civil rights leaders like the late John Lewis and Martin Luther King. What is he talking? Did I miss this happening in 2020? People risking their lives? No. Yeah. Okay. No, that didn't. So he's just making stuff up at this point. He's off by about 40 years. You may have to knock on hundreds of doors to get out the vote or organize thousands to make your voices heard and stand up against the powerful who don't want your voices heard. You may have to fight a war to protect democracy from those who would destroy it. The people of Ukraine are also reminding us that democracy is the single most important legacy we have inherited from previous generations who strengthened it and who risked their lives to preserve it. And you know what? All it is is two wolves and a sheep deciding on dinner. This is not a special thing, nor is it a great idea. I didn't inherit a Ukraine. No one left me a Ukraine when they died. <laughs> That's, That's not my, It's not my circus. It's not my monkeys, man. All right. Your thoughts are welcome here, whether it's on democracy or the love of the state, which is what he's preaching here. This is Free Talk Live, the number 603-283-6160. Join us here. 
Free Talk Live. Phones are open here. You want to join the show, you can. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here tonight, you've got Ian. Aria. And nobody. We're going to go back into your phone calls and thoughts. And then coming up, Bloomberg's got some tips on how to deal, they say, with inflation. If you make less than $289,000 a year. <laughs> I definitely do. I'm going to make a joke about getting Mark to call during that segment so he can weigh in to help the average person <laughs> deal with inflation. Uh, I'm going to have to find a paywall-free version of it, too, because the paywall just keeps Of course. Up. Of course it is. It, it's yeah. behind a paywall, which means the average person, the average person. who <laughs> is actually poor can't read it. Right. We'll get to it. Uh, but first, we're going to go to your phone calls and thoughts. Toby is up first listening in Nevada. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello. What's going on, New Hampshire folk? Hey, Toby, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I'm down here in my southern or my my winter grounds, uh, Laughlin, Nevada, Bullhead City, Arizona. Uh, very. I was down here two years ago when uh, Air Force One actually landed at Bullhead City Airport, and the jet was bigger than the whole freaking airport. <laughs> and uh, well, anyways, I keep hearing this Ukraine, this Ukraine that we all know what's going on. Hunter Biden works for Ukraine, blah, 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 blah. Well, hey, we got a really huge uh, crisis down here at the border. And, and what they, is that? They've gotten past the border. They've gotten past the border. What, is the, what is the crisis? Township. They have swamped everybody. Who's that? Who? And now they're kind of out running around the desert. Who has? It's starting to get a little warm. All, all the illegal aliens. All the people coming up from Mexico. All the people who came up here without begging government permission. Exactly. Okay. So you like big government? That's a problem. I just want to clarify something, Toby. You like big government? No, no, no. I'm, I'm no. I'm, I'm actually from Wyoming. Oh. But, well, no, no. Well, that I'm changes everything. Like no government. No oh. government. So then you would. So, so, so if you're, so if you're in favor of no government, uh, that sounds like you're in favor of freedom, right? Am I misunderstanding oh, yeah, totally. you? Yes. Okay. Yes, and doesn't freedom Army, include? I'm also on. a U.S. Army combat okay. uh, veteran. Okay. Now, doesn't yeah, yeah. Fr- doesn't freedom also include the freedom to travel? Yes. So why are you so concerned with people using the freedom to travel to come to a more of uh, what they believe is a more free place? Well, there's ways of doing it. I mean, even huh? myself when I travel. What do you I mean have ways to show of the proper paperwork in order to process? Uh, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> T- two seconds ago, whoa. you were just saying you were in favor of no government. If there's no government, yeah. who are you going to file there your paperwork with? There are rules, guys. Okay, let's go back to the honor system, which you know, you know, yeah, pay the toll to control. We, can, we can't go back anywhere yet because I'm really confused by your position. Do people have the right to travel legally? Yes, okay. illegally. No. You believe in, you, you're an anarchist, right? No. No, 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 no. Okay. No. So you're. No. So I mean, you do believe in government? To some extent, but not. Oh, like, okay. So you, you were know. lying when you said no government. <laughs> See, that's where we all got confused, dude. No, 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 no. no we no. thought you were serious. <laughs> we, th- we thought you were actually a serious lover of freedom, but it turns out you actually really like government. 
No, I don't like government. Well, yeah, no, you do, because you're saying there's rules that people need to follow, and they need to jump through some hoops and well, talk to some bureaucrats hey, and fill out some forms and pay a bunch of fines rules. and pay a bunch of fees. Do you know how many damn forms and fees and fines it costs to uh, to actually move to the United States, quote-unquote, legally? No, I have no idea. But you want people to jump through all those hoops with, uh, without even knowing anything about it? Well, I would like them to at least speak the damn language so I know what the hell they're talking about. Why don't you... Why? Have you ever traveled to another country? Well, okay, just another thing, hey, you got to do it legally because we're running out of freaking money. Hold, hold up, because the legally thing is totally here. different from whether or not they can speak our language. I think we're getting on to the real core of the issue here. Mm. What do you care if they can speak English or not? How does that affect you at all? Because usually I have to work with them. Okay. Have you considered learning to speak the language of your coworkers? Okay. Hold on. Have you considered migration of Californians? Hey, dude. Have you considered learning to speak the language of your coworkers? Well, yeah. Okay. Then what's the issue? Can't speak anything but text anyway. Okay. So you can speak what they speak. So what's the issue? What's the problem? Problem is, we're running out. We got. No, the problem is the problem is because they're not white. Uh, let's let's let the guy answer. Yeah. The problem is, okay, why are we, we as the U.S. government, why are we concerned about something or somebody in Europe's border when, and not about our own border? I don't have that a border. Is, what? Okay. I don't know why we're concerned you. about anybody's border. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not going to jump to the conclusion, Arya, that, that you just... Hey, hang on, Toby. Land. Hang on a sec. I, I don't want to jump to the conclusion that this is about them not being white. I don't think that he said I anything. I only did that because he, he started talking about their language. Oh, they're it's speaking that funny gobbledygook Yeah, he, he'll probably be offended if somebody speaks Chinese, too. I mean, it, these people are just offended that they have to learn a new skill. That they didn't... Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, I was born in the United States. I shouldn't have to learn anything new. And it, it, Have you ever, when was the last time you went to DMV and tried to use their webpage? You know, they're like, oh, no, we don't answer the phone anymore, but you click on this, create a, create a new account. No, I'm done creating accounts. I can't even freaking remember my password for, for, for my email. For okay, like so let me say, see if ago. I am understanding you. You're well, saying, if you're saying we should eliminate the DMV, I'm right there with you. Yeah, I, so <laughs> I agree with you. The DMV sucks, right? No one likes dealing with yes, the DMV. It's slow. The bureaucrats don't care about you. They're rude, right? Am I right about this, Toby? Yes. Okay. Can't, now, hold on. Before you keep going on here, before you keep on going, now you keep that in mind about the DMV and how awful it is. Now imagine being an immigrant and trying to deal with the bureaucracy from the federal government regarding immigration. Imagine how awful that is. Oh, I know how that is. Yeah. No, you don't. I, I have been, I have been deported from Mexico twelve years ago. Really? Didn't you acknowledge so like you're a an illegal alien. Did you acknowledge I a few was, minutes ago that I you don't know what out. these people go through in order to migrate to the United States? Long. And I tell you what, boys, I was not in that jail one hour, and they put me on a jet, and I was in in Denver in like four hours. So what you're saying is you stayed in Mexico longer than legally allowed, and they got rid of you in under an hour? Uh, well, within a day, yeah. Okay. That actually sounds pretty efficient for uh, for government work, all things uh, considered. I know it. But that didn't really address the point. 
the point was that it's a very difficult thing for people to try to move here through the system. The system is not designed to move quickly, efficiently, or helpfully, or, or you know, affordably in any way, shape, or form. And you don't seem to be concerned at all for those people. You, you just want them to jump no, through no, all the hoops. No, I'm not. And no, you I'm not. No, I'm not. Yeah. No. No, not care. at all. No. Why no, do you no, not have see, empathy? I, I got, I got in a little trouble back in '89. My motorcycle and my uncle was a DA in Vermont, and uh, I had to join the army to get out of trouble. So I want you to answer Arya's question. I, I don't know if you've been drinking tonight or what. I'm, I think he might have been a little bit. Uh, but hang on, Toby. I want you to remember that question when we continue with Toby here in moments. If Hopefully he'll stay with us. Uh, the number is 603-283-6160. Does Toby have empathy? Uh, does it exist inside of him? I hope that it does. Uh, because these are human beings we're talking about. And they're no different from the rest of us. It's Free Talk Live. Live phones are open. You can join the show here. The number is 603-283-6160. And people are getting involved tonight. I do enjoy it when Same. when folks call in who don't necessarily agree. We had somebody on the far left call earlier, Sarah from New Mexico. Now we got somebody on the right who's just been caught in contradictions so far. Uh, he at first said he believes in no government. We're like, all right, great. What are you talking about? What's your problem with immigrants then? Oh, well, we got to follow the rules. Well, wait, I thought you said you believe in no government. Well, we have to have some government. Well, okay, so you do like government. You just like it the way you want to put it on to people, the way you want to have people jump through your hoops, the ones you think are important. Oh, yeah, you don't like the DMV's hoops, and I don't either. And I don't think we should have a DMV. I don't think we need government to take care of the roads or anything like that. Because I'm actually a freedom-loving person who believes in total freedom on every issue, every time. I don't think there's ever been anyone in the history of the human race who was like, Yay, we get to go to the DMV! The DMV. (laughs) So we get to go back to Toby on the line here. Because, Aria, you'd asked a pretty important question. And I want you... uh, Toby, are you still with us? Oh, no, don't tell me we lost oh, Toby. Oh, we did. Because his line, oh, and it just dropped, too. Like, he was on hold the whole time there. That's sad, because I wanted to expand the question, because all I had time while we were going out to break was asking you, why don't you have empathy? Can you just kind of, I mean, even though he's not here, just yeah. ask so why, Toby, why were you asking that? Toby had said, point blank, that he, do, we, can, we talked about the DMV and how horrible it is, so... Ian asked him the question of, okay, well, imagine being one of these immigrants, and what you basically have to deal with is the DMV all day, every day, just to move here. Plus, it's costing you untold amounts Way of money. Way more money. Yeah, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000. Imagine needing to hire a lawyer to get you to figure out the DMV. Yeah, and if all of your stuff isn't in order, they won't just you know to- take you to jail for driving without a license. They will kick you back to Saudi Arabia or wherever you came mm-hmm. from that you don't want to go back to, right? right. So he- you would ask him, you know, well, don't you care about these people and the- what they're having to deal with? And Toby Point Blank said, no, I don't. I don't care. That's right. So my question to him would be, why don't you have empathy for these people like to me that sucks these people are suffering and you're supporting this this mechanism that is directly causing them to suffer yeah i just don't understand how someone can claim to be in favor of freedom and at the same time want to lock down a border and throw people out of the supposedly free country i would go further you're 
it's not just a lack of empathy. It's outright psychopathy. Mm. It's being a psychopath. You, you, you don't. You do care about those people, and you want them to suffer. You want to hurt them. You know they're suffering, and you support the thing that is making them suffer. That's mm-hmm. not being indifferent. That's actively wanting them to suffer. So why, Toby? Why do you want these people to suffer? I uh, got a related question in the chat room here from Bikers on Call, who says we've exposed what we're all about, we're calling us lunatics, and says... Fun note on that, but going back to 2007, yeah, no, Free Talk Live <laughs> has always been this, dude. Right. Uh, so, but, it, but at least in recent times, immigration hasn't been a key issue that's been coming up a lot with, with phone calls, so it's possible he's a newer listener has just never heard uh, this perspective. But he says, well, what is your plan? You don't have one. What's your plan? Me? I don't, I don't. I don't need a plan. He means regarding immigration. I don't. I don't need a plan. I just let. Don't people worry do, about it. Yeah, let people be free. If they want to come here, let them come here. Yeah, if they have someone who's willing to rent a house to them, or they have a piece of plot of land on which they could homestead, or someplace they're welcome to to stay, someplace they're welcome to work, it's none of my business. Yeah, it means nothing to me. So if you want to call in, though, and uh, you know continue the discussion, you're welcome to. Meanwhile, we go to Aaron, listening to KTFS in Texarkana. Go ahead, Aaron. Hey, what's going on there, gentlemen? What's on How your mind? You? How y'all doing? Hey, what's up? Uh, I, I guess maybe with Toby, uh, he was finding himself in a kumta situation, and the Jim Beam just didn't let him realize it. <laughs> but, uh, a what anyway, situation? I, kunta? <laughs> a, a kunta situation. What is, yeah. what is like, that word? Know, with any, well, it's, you know, kind of enslaved in the mind, I guess, with the current... Uh, are you playing off, I am Kunta Kinte, you are Toby? Yeah. Okay, yeah. that was from Roots. <laughs> okay. Um, and the part was played by LeVar Burton uh, of later Star Trek fame. Yeah. See, I've heard of the name. I've heard the name. Sorry, go ahead, Aaron. Yeah, reading Rainbow, all that stuff, good stuff. That is so, it's so funny you bring that up because literally, t- what, two nights ago... Bonnie was playing the Reading Rainbow song. It was on social media. So I've had Reading Rainbow in my head for the last 24 to 48 hours, and, and well, it comes up again. It's in my, it's in mine now, so I appreciate it. Hey, you're welcome. But, uh, <laughs> what were you calling about tonight? Uh, I was going to talk about the, the, well, just a little bit. I don't know a lot about them, but the, the malignant dwarf, I guess, you were talking about earlier. Uh, the guy that likes to pull the what is it like the the old Solinsky tactic of uh, blaming everybody for you know what you're doing basically in government. Yeah, you're referring right. to the uh, the Robert Reich character who uh, was four foot eleven yeah. and blaming everything on Putin and Trump, all the same things that every politician uh, in in D.C. has done. I mean, I hate to tell those guys, but a lot of people would most likely rather have Putin. You know, at least a, from a conservative standpoint, running things, and a lot of the people that are quote un, you know unquote Americans running things into the ground. So he seems to be more of a, at least he speaks you know his mind and the truth of the situation. I think. So. Well, I'm not going to give him credit for saying anything that's necessarily true. He is a politician, so it's almost certain that he's telling lies. Uh, But he does speak the truth when it comes to the United States. Whenever you read a statement from Putin about, you know, his criticisms of the United States government, it's always spot on. Like, there's never anything wrong with what he says about the U.S. Completely honest, I think, in his assessment of what's going on here, for sure. You know, they're they're part of the world. That's, That's kind of my point. We just need to... 
you know, why are we sticking our nose and they're, in, you know, deliberately trying to drag us into a global war for these people? It's obvious, like anything else nowadays, you know, unaccessible, I think, for anybody to go along. I hear all these people calling Putin a madman, and they're like, oh, yeah, I'd go. I, I talked to some of my old vet buddies that are years, you know, above me about well, uh, yeah, I think we should go there. If I could join up, I'd go. And they can. How old are they? Well, well, no, these guys are like, you know, 60, so they're probably... Oh, uh, okay, 60 is a little too it's, old it's for like, I mean, remind them that Putin may be a bad man, but the American yeah. president is senile. Like, he, <laughs> he is, by definition, a madman. Yeah. Uh, clin- clinically, definitely a madman. Also, man. maybe a real pervert, too. I saw the I saw the Hunter Biden stuff, man. Yeah, they finally admitted to the emails, which we've known about for what two or three years now, or however long. Well, I mean, everybody's seen what you're referring to. Everybody's seen the videos of uh, Joe Biden sniffing little children, right? Like that's that's pretty clear. Those videos have been around for for years, and we always assumed that it probably went a little bit deeper than that. And there were statements about. There were statements about Hunter Biden, his son, this laptop that was alleged in the past and now is confirmed to be a real thing. When it was back when it was an alleged laptop, they claimed there were images of Hunter Biden with children or something like that. Uh, and I don't know what all's on there, but there were floating around social media. I don't know how they're getting this or if there's like a torrent available of this data, how it's getting out to people. But there's two images that uh, were shown with Hunter Biden with a very young girl wearing lingerie uh, with hit with her like holding his hand and leading him places. And he's I don't know if he's in his underwear or whatever, but it's very disturbing. Uh, and so I don't think the apple fell very far from the tree in that particular case. They're just, they're confirming it. There's people working, you know, to prosecute this case now in the government that are saying that, yeah, basically all this stuff's confirmed what I've read. Aaron, thanks for the call tonight, man. I do appreciate hearing from you. Appreciate the thoughts. And by the way, when I say little girl, I mean a little girl, not like teenagers like, you know, like Epstein. Uh, Jeffrey Epstein was uh, was into. I'm talking someone under the age of 10 Jesus. with Hunter Biden in these in these photographs. Very, very uh, disturbing stuff. We go on with Jack in Washington State. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Jack. Um, uh, first, I'd like to say I love that Aria's back. Her voice is good. Yeah. Thank you. It's getting um, we're going to commercial. No, we don't call him um, that here. <laughs> we don't call him commercial? No, but we'll... Uh, we say, stay tuned. There's more coming up. There's more. Talk. Jack's got, yeah, Jack's got something important to say. I forget what it is, but we're going to get to him coming up here in moments. And you can share your thoughts with us. After these messages, it's Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. You can join us here. In these remaining moments, maybe enough time for you if you call now. 603-283-6160. 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Tonight, it's Ian. Aria? Nobody. Join us online anytime over at freetalklive.com. Lots of features are there. You can grab archives that go way back. You can just click and download. Or you can also subscribe to our RSS podcast feeds. We've got a podcast client. Uh, whether it be on your phone or your desktop or laptop computer, you just drop our RSS feed into your podcast client. And you'll get our latest episodes 
as they are released. And there are different feeds to which you can subscribe. We got the full feed that's got everything. There's the digest only feed that has only the daily digest versions of Free Talk Live. And then there's the full shows only feed, which you can get them all over at feeds.freetalklive.com. That's feeds.freetalklive.com. Back to Jack in Washington State. Uh, Jack, what were you calling about Go tonight? back, Jack, and do it again. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll repeat myself that, you know, I'm a loyal listener because Ari has been gone for five or six days, and it's been a different show. You mean weeks? No, I've been gone for no, five days. No, you were on with a raspy voice five, six days ago. Oh, I see what you mean. But, yeah, okay. Yeah, and kick, kick butt, and and uh, her are pretty amazing. Okay, honestly. thanks. But what but were you calling about that tonight? aside? Um, just I'm a more conservative for sure. I lean that way, a little libertarian. But I started watching the news and I listened to you guys seven days a week, and I was like, ah, oh, that's BS. You know, this whole you know Ukraine is corrupt thing. And as I've watched it further, and I'm on Truth Social, which is the the Trump Twitter, Mm -hmm. and Candace Owens, all these people, Gates, uh, you know, G-A-E-T-Z, they're also on your side. So I'm, like, really confused, if that makes sense. It's like Russia may not be the aggressor in this, and the media is so corrupt, I'm so flipping confused. I'm just saying I'm confused. It is bizarre. And David from New uh, Mexico should not have children. But I love you guys. Wait, well, hold on, hold on. Before you before you go, when you yeah. say Russia's may not be the aggressor, what do you what do you mean by that? I think that there's a possibility that initially I started off being, you know, like uh, Ukraine is the victim, Russia's attacking. And listening to you guys a lot, you know, initially I was like, oh, you guys are being, you know, what, what? And then the more I listen and the more even more conservative voices are saying this, not saying they're good or bad or anything, but they're also saying the same thing. Well, I don't know if that's what we're saying here. Obviously, there's different opinions on this show. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure that that, uh, Russia invaded Ukraine um, and not the other way around. I thought bad, 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 Russia, 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 bad, bad, bad. And I think uh, that there's more to this. Well, okay. so the question is, it's not whether or not Russia, quote unquote, the people from Russia calling themselves Russians or whatever, went into the place called Ukraine. There's no doubt about that, I think. Uh, but what no. seems to be in doubt is the reasons and the rationale and, you know, was this this completely unprovoked attack as the Western mainstream media would have you believe? Or is Putin really going in there to get rid of the Nazis who the United States CIA might have put in power back in 2014, who have been ostensibly bombing the people of the Donbass region, who tried to declare their independence back in 2014, ever since 2014, and Putin's just there to put a stop to that? I don't know. All I, all I want there, to do is present— there are photos of Zelensky in his younger years holding up a Nazi flag. Really? Whether they're, yeah, I found they're on Truth Social. So is I he like a self-hating Jew? Yeah, there's a lot of those. How do you know those but, aren't yeah. doctored photos? I don't know. I don't know. That's why I'm saying I'm super confused. So I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know what the truth is. So I don't know if I have the same position as these conservatives you're talking about. I mean, I, I don't want to be. I don't either. 
My my position is I don't know what the truth is. I know for sure the mainstream media is not telling us the truth. That much I'm going to go out on. I'll go out on that limb. I'll agree with that. Yeah, and I don't know what yeah. amount of what RT is saying is true either. The Russian uh, Russia Today, but I do find it interesting that the people in the Western media, the people in the Western governments, don't want you reading RT, don't want you seeing RT. I find that very suspicious. I find yeah, that very, very revealing. Yes, I know a Ukrainian. Her mother is in Ukraine. She has a handicapped child that her mother's taking care of. Mm-hmm. She's over here with a rich white guy or a rich American. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I don't want to offend anybody, but uh, she's crying her eyes out every day. Her name's uh, what's her name? Vika. And, uh, but she doesn't trust uh, Volinsky either. Mm-hmm. The Russian president. Ironic, the there's Ukrainian. so many lies coming at us that I don't even know anymore. Thank you, Jack, for the call tonight. Definitely appreciate hearing from you. Major Payne is on the line in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live, Major. Yeah, I heard a little scuttle, but I fall asleep with the radio on. And you only hear little news whips about 6 o'clock in the morning that they don't want you to hear. They'll only run them once, you know what I mean? Okay. But uh, So evidently Putin's wife is hiding in Switzerland with all of his misfit children. Evidently he's bred quite a batch with this woman. And, uh, I saw so some of that. Woman, His daughter is pretty hot, man. <laughs> the Instagram well, influencer. Rich, rich, rich men don't marry ugly women. Just hang out at the yacht club or the golf course. You'll figure that out. Fair huh. point. But uh, anyway, so yeah, the uh, the the pretty old woman that lives in the shoe is fixing to get the boot. But uh, then we got the, Putin's threatening with these hypersonic missiles. He says he launched one. Well, these things have only been in um, aspirations of the U.S. since 2020. And seeing as how Russia is generally 20 years behind us in technology, I doubt he have, even has this thing, much less launched it. What he makes you think Putin uh, is 20 years behind, or the, uh, the Russian people or whatever are 20 years behind in technology? I mean, they're... They're a well-developed well, country. They're one of the top, uh, you know, obviously they're not as wealthy as the United States, but they got money they can print, and obviously that can buy them a lot of military technology. Well, I, I'm as, as a general rule, just like it takes uh, 20 years or 10 years at least for a fad to go from New York to L.A., or at least it did back in the day before we had the inner tube. You know I, I don't mean? know if you can it account uh, military it's a tech- series of tubes. Yeah, I don't know if you can account fads, uh, popular culture with military technology, but I'm not an expert no, it, on military technology, and I'm guessing you aren't either. Even no, though you call anyway, what, what, if, we had a, if we had a stronger uh, president, I think he should just take a picture of Putin in like a caveman suit with all his cohorts around him in caveman suits and he the bomb going off and say, just, 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 just send him a text underneath. It says, go ahead. Thank you, Major, He's for the call tonight. For his I appreciate hearing from you here. The number is 603-283-6160. We're not going to have time to get into this Bloomberg piece, so I want to hold on to it because it's definitely worth going over their advice for what to do if you are feeling the effects of inflation. So we'll uh, we'll get into that tomorrow night. But the um, caller previous to Major Payne did mention the tr- Truth Social, which is the Trump Mastodon. 
the last the I've seen about that was someone tried to get into it and they entered a queue to be like the 78,000th person in line and they gave up at that point. So they're still waiting? People still waiting to get in? That's the last I heard about it. I don't know. Yeah, I've got a story. It's from two weeks ago, so it's not that old. I think it just rolled out at the very beginning of this month, if I recall correctly, after after months of just waiting for them to launch this thing, which it's just a Mastodon server. Yeah, I can bring one of those up in like three hours. <laughs> right. Yeah, but it's one that Trump wants to be able to control. Yeah, they've definitely done something to change it because the, instead of it calling it uh, toot when you post to the server, they call it truth. And whenever you, instead of retoot or retweet, they call it retruth. So they've changed some things about the the server. They've edited some of the code, but I highly doubt that they spent the last four months or whatever editing the Mastodon code. And chances are that's just a string in a language pack, because if you're using it in a language other than English, it probably doesn't say toot. Right, yeah, that's a relatively easy uh, hack. So, and why they only launched with just iPhone or iOS doesn't make any sense either, they have because they're incompetent. Yeah, they've totally botched this thing. I mean, that's the thing you would you would think Trump could have hired somebody that could do this. Like, it's not did that it hard. His wife or daughter or whatever buy her own NFT. She did allegedly. Yeah, <laughs> Trump, Melania Trump's NFT. I've was never bought. understood the point of NFTs. Oh, it's something we should get into, but not tonight. Out of time for now. But we, I, I think Ari and I agree with you on that. They're yep. very ridiculous. Mm-hmm. All right, out of time tonight. Back tomorrow. You can join us online. In the meantime, freetalklive.com.